There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Motability offers from nil advance payment. Visit MacklinMotors.com for more info. Let's go! Tuesday evening, just after five, Paul Cooney here in the studios in the heart of Glasgow with Mark Guidi. We're here with Macklin Motors. The World Cup continues. And we're into another extra time, Mark. As you know, Spain against Morocco, nil-nil. There's another two hours you'll never get back. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think um, we were all expecting Spain to maybe win that one. That said, you know, Morocco did... um, did top the group they were, they were very very good but um, with, the, with the quality that Spain have even though they're not the team they were a decade ago um, you'd still expect them to go through but you're right Paul not a great game at all one of the ones that um, you probably soon it gets the penalty kicks are better what are you thinking in the World Cup you can call in to Mark and myself 0808 17 17 700 we're just keeping an eye on it we'll bring you right up to date who is going to go through this time yesterday Barry and I were here as you know Mark I know you were tuned in and it went to extra time and then penalties and Croatia coming through the Japanese penalties I know the keeper's getting a bit yeah. of credit they're maybe the, among the worst ever which is such a shame given that they've played so brilliantly I think they really lit up the tournament Paul I think you know the, the real regardless of who goes on and win it I think the the, the, the takeaway Japan Australia you know and I know South Korea lost heavily last night but it was great to see those nations getting in about it, you know, the, the fans embracing it, you know, really adding something to the World Cup and helping me, you know, think the first few days, taking away from all the, the controversy that surrounded it, those nations and those supporters could have took over it and lit up the whole event. And there's actually been quite a lot of chat as well with no drink, not much drink at the mm. games. There hasn't been uh, the kind of trouble that we've seen at some World mm. Cups. Mm-hmm. We hope to be at the next one. And news today, Mark, I'm going to take a call in a second or two, but instead of 32 teams in the Americas, yep. it's going to be 48. That's confirmed by FIFA. Yeah, 48 teams in 2012, 48 nations in 2026 takes place in USA, Canada and Mexico. And uh, out of that, UEFA get three extra spots Paul, so that means there's three extra places up for grabs. So it increases Scotland's chances of, of being in the next World Cup. How it's going to go with 48 nations, mm. I don't know. It sounds a hell of a lot to cram yeah. in, let's be honest. Mm. Um, but they'll, they'll, they'll find a way. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they've shaved a week off this World Cup than what would normally yeah. be mm. uh, because it was in mid-season and they had 32 nations. So they will find a way but um, it does seem like an awful lot but if it helps to get Scotland there then well, let's embrace it It was the Rangers AGM today as many of you will know not too many controversies coming out of it we'll speak about it yeah. in the next 50 minutes or so but let's go first of all to Stephen Reside who is on the line and Stephen you've always got a particular interest and you really care you go round the country checking on disabled facilities Stephen good evening great to hear from you Good evening. Before they went to the point about disabilities, I think the idea for the World Cup is to have 16 groups of three teams with each of the group winners going through. So I don't know how that will work, but it's good to see more spaces for Scotland. And then 
good to see more spaces uh, getting put in. I was Paul Raymond Anders with what the winners today. Yeah, listen, that's a great point. You make 16 groups then, sorry, and just the winners. Uh, sorry, is that, is that confirmed, Stephen, or is that what you'd like to see happen? Yeah, I read that in an article, Mark. Right, okay, I've not, I've not read it. It's just, look, that that's fine, whatever way they work it, they need to come up with a new plan, but it just seems like it's a long way to go and all the prep and everything that's involved mm-hmm. for some nations to only have two games. You know, it's a long... It's a long, long way, but yeah. maybe that's the only no, way they can work it. Sure. You know, still nil-nil in the game, Morocco against Spain. Stephen, we'll talk to you about World Cup in a minute or two. But yes, one of the issues today at the Rangers AGM, and it came up this time last year, and the club addressed it today. And I think they've made significant moves. What's the latest about facilities? They're expanding it, the disabled section at Ibrooks. 150 new spaces available for wheelchair users and I think um, there's also spaces available for ambulance disabled support which will take it up to near enough 200. Uh, it's a £2 investment for seats going in in the Copeland and Broomland Road stands. Um, so the views are elevated as well which is good to see. Uh, the guys, uh, John Spears there um, making moves uh, to improve facilities for disabled supporters and as well yep. Celtic have done it as well uh, they've got the new platform View 67 uh, for mm-hmm. their disabled supporters and that also includes the first indoor like, changing facility at the football stadium for disabled supporters that need it and this is why I started the channel um, because I think that a lot of clubs in Scotland we are still stuck in the 90s when it came to disabled facilities and Good to see clubs making these steps and these changes. Yeah, some of them were in the 1890s, Stephen. I mean, I saw, we, we, you know, we watch it. No, I, remember you were down, you're so low, trying to watch yeah. a game. All you can see is the stewards going round or, you know, the ball boys and girls and all the rest of it. It's really not fair. No. It's no. long overdue, Mark. Yeah, it is, you know, and that, that that's the kind of investment that's going to require. And it's good as well that you are seeing clubs and, and uh, Rangers today, you know, not just doing it for, you know, eight or nine or ten disabled yeah. supporters, you know, that's... 150 with other ones taken up towards 200, you know, behind the Stevenston, the Broom Lawn and, and the Copeland. So it's behind both goals, so elevated uh, viewing areas. That, that's the way it's got to be, you know, absolutely. And as you say, it's long overdue. Yes, I get that, that it's big investment and it's, it's a lot of money um, for clubs, but it's got to be done, Paul. Stephen? Yeah, I agree. It's got to be done. I think for Rangers fans' point of view, they'll look at the money being invested here and go, well, why did you not invest that two million into the squad with the way their season's going? But I'm just looking at it for a disabled person's perspective. It's, it's changes that need to be made, and it's good to see a couple of Rangers doing so. I think I spoke to Greg Marshall, the supporters' liaison officer, on the phone today, and he says that it's going to be about a thousand seats that they're removing to to put these spaces in. Uh, well, so they are uh, reducing the capacity I but again um, from a disabled supporters perspective it's fantastic to see um, this getting put in How important is football for you in your life Stephen? Well I think I spoke about it yesterday I was doing an interview for part and I said for mental health I think the pandemic showed us that more than anything I already started to cope with the pandemic when the football came back and that shows you the power of football, even though we weren't able to go to stadiums, just to have that on in the TVs and um, to be able to watch it, it kind of gave me that wee escape for everything that was going on. And it was the same growing up as well, where disability, I think going to the football is one place where you feel the same as everybody else. It's quite 
easy when you grow up. It is about eight, you know, it's a different season compared to other folk, but the football just completely takes yeah. you away from that. And you feel they are for the same reasons as everyone else. Stephen, I always think when I speak with you, I wish we could find another word rather than disability because you've got so many abilities. You really have. You keep us right on the football. You know you do when you come on. I, If I were you, I'd be giving us a bit more stick. Um, but there's so many abilities. We've all got things. Everyone's got something that they're dealing with or at least one thing. And, you know, lockdown was so difficult, Mark. We know it for everyone, young people and all the rest of it, that we were, we couldn't even go to the football at all. You couldn't have any more than 500 then. When down south they were having, you know, 30,000 and we could have 500. Anyway, that, I would hate to be in charge of the country at the time, but we can never let this happen again. Surely, you know, kids being locked down, not at school and all the rest. And you hear there from Stephen, we need to get out. We love, that's where football is brilliant, isn't it? For, for everybody, the boys and girls play. We couldn't get playing for such yeah. a long time. It's been tough for everybody. So I'm really pleased that the clubs are making uh, strides. What's next, Stephen? You know, I know you're still, which other clubs? I'm not trying to call people out, but um, what's next to be improved? I mean, it's just, obviously I look at Hamden and I look at the South Stand and it's something that I always, always say. I've actually moved over to the North Stand because the mm -hmm. North Stand has an elevated view available mm -hmm. where, um, I can get a great view of the game tactically. I love to analyse the game tactically. So to be up there high, to be able to see what's going on during the game is great. But the thing is that the South Stands are really far back. You know how far back you are from the pitch uh, at Hamden at that South Stand, Paul. And um, you just feel what you're, again, looking at legs and you're exposed to the elements. Um, I'd like to see us do more and get more sensory rooms as well for like, people with autism and stuff mm -hmm. like that and put put stuff like that in place as well disabilities aren't always visible no, um, sure. but yeah I think the right steps are getting made and you spoke then about the mental health side of things as well I just want to see a fantastic program in Motherwell mm -hmm. with the new third kit that they've released and all the proceeds of that I think it's a third of the proceeds rather uh -huh. are going towards uh, suicide prevention and they help suicide so that's absolutely fantastic well, I think uh, Jim McMahon, the chairman, and Alan Burrows and the team do great work there. What about your team? Barry and I were getting excited last night thinking how many sleeps to go? Is it eight sleeps, nine sleeps before the, the league is back? And in your case, it's maybe nine or ten. Motherwell against St Mirren. What's your thoughts ahead of that one? Well, a big, a big uh, bug by the mind this season for us and I'm sure for Stevie Hamill has been at home form. Yeah. I don't think that we've, that we've won enough games at home or picked up enough points at home. So it's important for us against St Mirren that we really hit the ground running. I mean, there's reports that we are signing centre-back from Sligo, Shane Blaney, mm -hmm. who scored the pre-kick against us in Sligo and made uh, my weekend absolute nightmare. So, I remember. Uh, yeah. Cheers for that, cheers for that, Shane. But no... <laughs> You can certainly strike a dead ball. I don't know much about the rest of his game, but hopefully it wasn't one of the positions when you asked me where we need to strengthen. Yeah. The last time I was on, it was one of the positions that I identified. So it's good to see the clubs making, making those steps. Some progress there. Stephen, thanks a lot for joining us. And that was good to hear at the Rangers AGM today. They're increasing the number of positions for people with uh, disabilities and who need assistance at the games. And that's great news. And you said Celtic have been doing a lot of good work there as well. Cheers, Stephen. Thanks, guys. And hopefully that's what will pick up soon. Uh, exactly. Well, exactly. No, Stephen, before you go, um, this is the great thing. Barry came in the other night and he said, eh, it's okay, but it wasn't one of those, I'm loving it. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, 
how much are you enjoying the World Cup or are you? I was speaking to Viren earlier on, he's saying, I just can't quite get into it. No, I've not got into it either, okay. Paul, I have to be honest. So I've, I've, I've not, you know, programmed my day mm-hmm. and to build it around the, the World Cup as you would normally do. Look, no doubt when it gets towards the weekend and, and, and it's England, France and Brazil's involved and yeah. Argentina again, mm-hmm. uh, then I'll look at it. But up until now, um, it's not it's not caught my attention at all, to be perfectly honest. Stephen, what about you? I mean, there's only two teams that I can think that I've really enjoyed watching. One's France and one's Brazil. The rest of the games have been pretty monotonous, to say the least. And um, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm looking forward to, to Motherwell coming back, which um, <laughs> is something I never thought I'd say with the amount of talent on show. Yeah. That's what no, I know. And Barry was saying the same thing. We can't wait. You know, our Premiership is not perfect, but there's real competition. You know, for you, you still be hoping top six. You're up against St Mirren, who I see Stephen Robinson, your ex-manager, was saying, I mean, it's about staying in the Premier League or the Premiership. But Mark, I'm looking at you. I mean, both those teams would want to be top six. There's lots yeah, to play for. Absolutely. I mean, out with, you know, Celtic and Rangers, it's fairly open. You know, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, they've got the next sort of three big budgets and then the, the the other seven teams Paul are all you know much a muchness um, no you look at the United at the bottom of the table is it um, now you look at their squad now their squad would suggest they're yeah. not a bottom of the table team could Dundee United really do something over the next you know 22-23 league games mm-hmm. absolutely there's no doubt about it that they can so I don't think there's anything cut and dried at the moment um, there's still so much to play for and as ever the race to get into that top six you can maybe see three or four teams, you know, pushing to get into it, get into the, the last few games before we go to the go to the split. Stephen, who do you think is going to win it? Mother, uh, the World Cup. Sorry, <laughs> <I'm not laughs> sorry, the World. Oh, I've got, I, I know my attention went uh, back to the World Cup there. Sorry, no, no, we'll, we'll get your prediction, Motherwell, next week. Uh, World Cup. Uh, I'm thinking at the moment. I think Brazil look really good, so I'm going to go for a Brazil France final, and uh, hopefully Mbappe does the job against England and stuff. <laughs> there's the honourable member for Motherwell and Rutherglen there Stephen Rayside I think I have to say do you not think that English commentators have calmed down a little bit this year there's not yeah. as much of the yeah the football's coming home and all that I thought they'd calm down a wee bit Mark yeah I think yeah. they have I think there's a I think there's a new breed of commentator a new breed of pundit as well you know Clive Tills I think was always the one that kind of really <laughs> rubbed us up the wrong way I know he's been you know back yeah. involved um, and it, you know, he is a first class commentator oh, he is, but he yeah. does get carried away yeah. uh, when it comes to uh, to England but um, you know, in, yeah. in terms of the punditry uh, you know as I say I've not it's not overly caught my attention but I think the punditry's been good Sunnis and Keane together are pretty dynamite, electric yeah. yeah Ali McCoyst and John Hartson co-coms mm. really really good so yeah there's been a lot of good uh, a lot of good pundits and you know by all accounts you know the the, the, the Keane and uh, Sunnis ding dong you know yep. carried on uh, off air that, that wasn't for sure that was oh, proper was it not was it that real? was proper okay that was yeah. proper and Stephen do you have any problem with the way the Brazilians were celebrating the goal last night because I don't really that's part of their culture I mean it's not, that's not the only game that they've done it when yeah. they've got into the huddle and they've jumped yeah. about they've done it and, mm. and quite a lot of the games that they've played so I think they can maybe nitpicking a wee bit there a wee um, bit a bit controversial. Morocco and Spain still nil-nil. There's much more happening here in the Go Radio Football Show than there is in Qatar at the moment. Stephen, thanks a million. Take care. We'll speak to you ahead of the game next week. No problem, guys. Always a Cheers. pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, Stephen. You Stephen Reside, who does so much to improve the facilities. Uh, yeah, it is part He's, of the culture, yeah, isn't it? it yeah. and 
It's good to hear, Paul, that, that, mm-hmm. that Stephen, it's not just about for himself or about for Motherwell supporters, it's for Scottish football. He's doing what he does and you know he's got the ear of all the, the, the supporters, liaison officers up and down the country um, and, and he does a lot of really good work and, and, it, and it's paying off but still a long way to go and a lot of improvement required but as long as there's guys like Stephen around that will get there slowly but surely. Yeah, we know today that there was a challenge to Douglas Park's position as a director, chairman of the club. We'll talk about that. That was coming from 1872. Dave King, of course, a part of that as well. Yeah. And he's the biggest shareholder in the club. But I think the fans really want to know about Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos and his contract demands that it was discussed. And um, the chairman, Douglas Park, did use the word unattainable. Sometimes the demands are unattainable. I don't think he said it actually they were, but sometimes they are. So you wonder if Morelos and Kent have just asked for too much money we don't know what they do need is a clarity soon about yeah. these two yeah I mean going by Douglas Park's uh, comments um, Paul um, and, and I think Ross Wilson's comments on it as well but I think Douglas Park was a wee bit more specific uh, as chairman uh, of the club the way I read that was we've kind of made them the best offer mm-hmm. uh, and it's up to them if they want to accept it but at the moment they've not accepted the club's best offer the club can only go so far you can't put yourself in financial trouble, Paul. You can only go so far. And 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 let's be honest, it's not like we're talking about players that have absolutely lit it up for them the past year or so. They've, they've yeah. been, by their standards, they've not been good enough. Um, so, not unless Michael Beale can get a tune out of them uh, again and get consistency out of them, that remains to be seen. But the way I read that was Kent Morelos have been made their best offers and it's up to them whether they want to take them or not. Now, I think as a football club and as Michael Beale... Um, I don't think you want to get yourself into the situation that they were in with Conor Goldson last season albeit that worked out well because he signed a new deal and stayed on once the season had finished but I think if you're Morelos and, and Kent's situation I would either sign a new deal and if they don't fine wish them all the best they've been good servants um, you know Morelos at a million quid yeah. is a bargain mm-hmm. um, Kent at seven million at times you know really looked apart for them but not often enough um, take as much as you can uh, for them in January get as much as you can and give it to Michael Beale to put towards a rebuild because there's a rebuild required and I don't agree with Michael Beale's quotes about the squads as, uh, as good as, as Celtic, Celtics no. I, I, don't, uh, I don't agree with that we'll talk about that after the break I mean Morelos and Kent would be lucky I think to have the same contract being offered that was offered months ago. They could have said, look, they're entitled to go if they want to go. Of course they are. But they had great contracts on offer, as I understand it. Barry hinted at it, remember, earlier in the season. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, they, they exercised their option to wait until January the 1st. But Rangers fans need a clarity. They've, they've let the club down, they've let themselves down. I'm not saying through lack of effort, certainly for Ryan Kent. Morellas, he had the injuries and all that. We know the story, he just didn't look as sharp uh, as you would have expected. But the fans, they want a new broom under Michael Beale and they need to start making changes because otherwise, you know, it's the same 11 starting. I know it's a squad game. I know yeah. they're making a lot about players coming back from injury. We'll talk about Rangers. We'll talk about Celtic too. We might hear a little bit from Alistair Johnson. A bit more from the AGM and the World Cup. It's still nil-nil. They've played 20 minutes of extra time. Who's going through? Is it Spain, who were the winners, of course, in 2010, up against Morocco? The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local, friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go. go Radio Football Show Paul Cooney Mark Weedy Chris is on the traffic and travel and producing for us here this evening as you head home at 5.25 World Cup last 16 Morocco nil, Spain nil. 24 minutes gone it looks as though it's heading for penalties yet again Mark this often happens in tournaments doesn't it although here's a chance they're on the Morocco on the attack Oof, but straight back 
to the keeper. It broke down. That would be a shock, wouldn't it, Morocco? It would be. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Paul, you know, I, I like Enrique. A couple of really good uh, players for Spain. I'm just saying they're, they're not what they were um, a decade ago, 12 years ago. Uh, but they're still a really good team and, you know, two or three really exciting uh, young players. I think Holland have looked good as well. Um, actually, you know, I think they've got four or five good players. Again, not what they probably were in terms of, uh, you know, the entertainment factor and, and you know, mm. really good individuals. But as a team, I think they've I think they've got something. So I think it's still open. Brazil have obviously caught the eye. Argentina looking the part. France looking tidy. England, I don't think you can ever rule out. So it's fairly open. We'll go back to Rangers and the AGM and some issues shortly. Let's talk Celtic for a moment or two then, Mark, or as many minutes as you want. Um, looking back on 2022, which inevitably we'll do over the next couple of weeks, uh, the man of the year in Scottish football has undoubtedly be the the man who came in, what, a year and a half ago? You and I were on air when we first heard, <laughs> you know, Eddie Howe had gone, we know that. Yeah. And then we heard about this man, Ange Postacoglu. And he certainly has transformed the, the fortunes of Celtic, who had finished the season 25 yeah. points uh, behind their rivals. Yeah, I mean, it's been an absolute revelation. Paul, I'm just, you know, I'll declare it. I don't make any secret of it. I, I, I'd never heard of him. Uh, and... When the first name was his name was first brought to my attention, you know, I, I just had to double check that I was pronouncing it properly, all that kind of stuff. And on the back of Eddie Howe, that that you know you, that we've seen in action, the really good CV, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to go from that to Ange Postecoglou, you're kind of wondering what the hell's going on. Um, you know, who is this guy? Why is he becoming the the manager of Celtic? That's part ignorance um, on my part, but it's just the way it was um, at the time. And uh, after I probably sticky six, seven, eight week period they started to get things going started to you could see his uh, level of involvement with the coaches that he inherited and then working with the staff bringing in two or three players that he knew very well and, and it all clicked um, together won the title comfortably saw off the challenge of Rangers um, won the League Cup uh, as well and uh, yeah it was absolutely terrific and as I say I think the way that the club handled the January transfer window was key to what happened in the, the second half of the season and they, they bought well and bought early and they're in a different position this year but they're ahead of the game already yeah. Kobayashi has already signed Alistair Johnson was paraded just at the weekend on Saturday I think yeah. and here's what he said though the Canadian fullback um, about coming to Celtic under Ange Postacoglu I think for every single footballer, again, you want it to be the perfect fit and you want to go somewhere where not only that you, you feel like you're a part of something, um, you feel like you wanted, but at the same time, it's a good sporting fit as well. And based on what he said he's looking to do with this squad for this club, you know, in the next couple of years, it felt like a perfect fit. You know, he's looking for, for young, driven players who, who want to take that next step and compete you know, at the highest level, competing in the top stages of Europe. And for me, that was something that just kind of called out to me and it felt right. He's the new Phil. He's obviously in. Juranovic, will we see him at Celtic again? Maybe not as they go deep or into the, the last mm. eight with Croatia. What do you think of Juranovic? You can see that he's, he's a, an integral part of Croatia as well as he, as he has been for Celtic for the past 18 months. But well, if you're looking at it, football's a business. If you're bringing in a, a, a Canadian international footballer, it's it about three million quid, if yeah. you, mm -hmm. roughly, um, uh, which is not a massive amount of money, but it's a lot of money uh, yeah. for a Scottish club. And you've got Anthony Ralston there. Well, for me, you're not paying that kind of money for a guy to sit on the bench or be second fiddle to Anthony Ralston. Therefore, your first choice right back uh, has been linked with several clubs since the summer. 
there's always something in these things and it would suggest to me that that Juranovic will be sold um, next month now that might not happen um, but it looks as though it's down the road now if Celtic have to end up with Juranovic uh, until the summer I don't think Ange Postecoglou would be overly bothered about that but in a financial sense in a business sense if Celtic are receiving uh, bids um, of reckoning that they can get in excess of 10 million, somewhere around about 12 or 14, 15, whatever it's going to be uh, for Juranovic, then it makes sense all day long. They've bought him for two, two and a half, yeah. 18 months ago, and they're then potentially going to make a five, 600% profit on the guy. And they're happy to bring in a ready made replacement um, for a quarter or a fifth of the fee that they're about to bring in. That's the business model. That's what you try to achieve all the time. That's another box ticked. Good on them. And for Celtic, Cameron Carter-Vickers, unfortunate not to play in the last 16 game, wasn't he? He came on the yeah. last of the group games yeah. and he did well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a top, he's a yeah. top defender. Uh, Carter-Vickers, he's been great for Celtic. Again, a £6 million transfer fee from Tottenham Hotspur. Um, absolute money. Uh, well spent there's no doubt about that and he's rock solid he's Celtic's number one defender without a doubt Gikamakis looks as though he could be on his way maybe January maybe later uh, in the coming year but Celtic fans that have been on the socials and that we've spoken yeah. to they don't seem overly concerned they like Gikamakis I'm not uh-huh. knocking what he's 17 goals last season and is at 8 this year already um, what do you feel about uh, Gigi? Well first of all the, the problem is a bit of frustration there, which is because, yeah. you know, let's say he's had a decent amount of game time this season, but, you know, when it comes to it, I think he is the, the, the backup striker uh, um, to, to uh, Kyogo. Uh, yep. Kyogo. Um, so again, they look at it, but the ball's in Celtic's court with that one, Paul. Again, it's only if they've received the, the, the right money that fits with them and have they got, and they've been linked to a couple of number nines. So have they got, again, this kind of. Uh, Juranovic type model where they think they're going to get a right few quid in for Giacomacchus not necessarily want to keep a player that's a bit I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's unhappy but a bit frustrated no. yeah. um, he's 27 yeah and therefore you're th- and by the way he's a top striker so he wants to go and be playing first team football look if if, if Kyogo had to go and get injured tomorrow he was ruled out for the rest of the season you say well that's it we're going with Giacomacchus would anybody at Celtic be disappointed or the supporters no they wouldn't they'd be saying do you know what Giacomacchus is up to it he'll go and get his 15, 16, 17 goals between now and the end of May so they'd be happy enough for that so that tells you about his credentials but again um, there's been stuff surrounding uh, Giacomacchus for maybe 10, 12 days now mm. and there tends to be um, something in it that doesn't mean to say that he's definitely going to be sold next month but it's probably one that we need to keep an eye on Here's what the manager had to say about Giacomacchus No, I don't have those kind of discussions ultimately what I deal with is what I see every day um, you know and uh, every player uh, trains presents himself here and uh, that's what I deal with if I see there's any shift there if people aren't unhappy, unhappy or you know have got some issues then I'll deal with it but you know right now um, all I see is you know the, the players here training and, and committed to us as a football club and that's all that concerns me beyond that in terms of yeah, their contracts and stuff, they've got representatives to look after themselves and they'll deal with the club uh, again if there are any issues they'll come across my desk but for me, they're, they're all sort of in the background. What's more important to me is what I see every day. Um, if I see what I see every day, if I'm happy with, then we're all good. If I'm not, then uh, I deal with it then. So, yeah, he talks good He's sense. Clear, I see you smiling. Clear yep. messages, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it needs to be, it'll land in my desk. And make no mistake, yep. he's a guy that deals with it. And if anybody tries to interfere, then there'll be trouble. Um, and that's the way it should be. He runs a successful football club. He knows what he's doing. 
let the guy go on with it. So, as he says, sometimes it's out with the player's control, yeah. agents can agitate. Um, and it sounds like, you know, the, he's saying at the moment, the, the, the quote there was the player's committed, and I'm not seeing anything to suggest um, anything different at the moment. But like I say, it's maybe one to to keep an eye on but I wouldn't say Jacobakis is unhappy I'd say he's more frustrated and that's understandable let's hear from the manager speaking at the weekend about the winter break a chance for Spain oh what a chance but it's gone past the post four well 30 seconds to go Mark wait till you see this Luis Enrique can't believe it what a chance for Spain to bury the ball and to take their place in the quarterfinals it's still Morocco nil Spain nil Come back, came off we'll the post. The yep. yeah. uh, back to Ange Postacoglu. What about the trip down under and the winter break? It was a great week for our club. You know, just great to connect with our supporters on the other side of the world. And I think even the players appreciated just the, you know, the, <clears throat> the size of the football club and the passion the supporters all around the world have for us. And uh, I thought it was a really good week. Um, and then, um, you know, we gave the players a week sort of away from us, which I think was was also really. Really good for them. Um, you know, they've come back in the training today, and yeah, you know, they're all sort of looking in, in in good shape and good spirits, which is important. And um, as you said, World Cup's gone really well. Uh, boys there have done fantastically. Uh, all of them, you know, playing significant roles. Um, so so far, it's been it's been a decent break. But you know, the kind of the, the important stuff starts now for us. We've got a two week lead into the to, the, to our first game back, and. Uh, Good to have our first session today. We're off to Portugal on Sunday and uh, yeah, hopefully get a couple of good weeks working. Yep, they're in the sunshine of Portugal. Although I don't think it's that sunny at the moment. Uh, some of our own team are there at the moment, Mark, but you'll not be too worried about that. The other big news at the weekend was from January the 1st, the new chairman, non-executive, but no stranger to Celtic. 18 years at Celtic, one of the most successful chief execs at the club, probably the most successful they've ever had as a chief exec. Um, but of course it went wrong in the last season. Peter Lobo back as chairman. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, I don't think it was any great uh, surprise or any shock to anyone that seemed to be to be on the cards. He's, uh, Peter Lawwell has got the absolute um, trust of um, of Dermot Desmond, who is the the major uh, shareholder. There was certainly um, there was certainly a need for change at chairman level. I think um, at Celtic Paul, I think there was a need uh, for change, and whether Peter Lawwell is the right guy for that remains to be seen. Um, uh, in terms of you know going back, should he go back again? It remains to, to be seen how that all works out. It's a different role from a chief exec's role where he was hugely successful. We know about the protests and all the rest in the last year and Neil Lennon had such a tough time. Seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Covid was on and protests then outside Celtic Park but they have turned things around. Peter Lowell is back and Ian Bankier had done his stint and it was time to go. The chairman, as a non-exec, it should be about you know the manager yeah. and the chief exec in any yeah. club chairman's yeah, an yeah. important role but it is not the the chief exec is usually what companies you know revolve around yeah but it's it's the role of the chairman or sorry the role of the chief exec and the chairman to keep the manager happy mm -hmm. and when you've got a good manager you've got to keep him happy if you don't keep him happy then that's on you so that that you know that's what you've got to, to remember you keep the manager happy he'll be keeping the dress room happy day to day which leads to success which is what they've had in the past um, 18 months when yep. you stop keeping a, a manager happy um, then you run, you run into problems yep. as what happened with, with, with Brendan Rodgers you look what Brendan Rodgers inherited to what he turned it into yep. and then he, he, he stopped 
getting what he believed yep. was a right back in the John McGinn transfer is a classic example of that so yeah it, it's a role of, of the, the hierarchy yeah. to keep the manager as long as the manager's doing his exactly, job well that was listen, going to be my point if, if yeah. he's not then if he's saying well, I want 15 million for one you know, player chase yeah. him and then you know but we, we, we know that Ange Postacoglu um, is realistic and at the moment we think that he's got a grip in the football club as a manager should have um, and as long as that continues then I think Celtic's in a really really strong strong place Paul Here's what we had to say Ange this is about the transfer window Well I've always said we, we, we want to be active and, and we're constantly looking at you know, opportunities I think you know, every transfer window is an opportunity to get stronger and we want to we want to be um, trying to do that um, that doesn't always mean bringing in players sometimes it just means <coughs> not losing our best players or just being stronger in terms of the team developing but if we've got opportunities to bring players in who we think will make us stronger at the end of the window, then that's what we'll do. And uh, as you said, we've still got a month to go before January plus January itself. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be active for sure. And um, you know, with with when we see the right opportunity, we'll move on it. And there's another key message in there from Ange Postecoglou. It's not always about bringing players in, but sometimes it's just as important about keeping our best ones at the club and not losing them. Is that a hint? Yeah, there's a key message in there. Absolutely. There's a key message, for sure. He doesn't say things mm-hmm. that Paul unless there's there's, there's, there's something uh, behind it. So that that's that's a key message from Ange Post, uh, yeah. Postecoglou there. Now you're a man who recognises a headline when you hear one. I know we played this last night as well to Barry. Listen for this. Yeah, look on on the scale of things that have been on my mind over the last probably two weeks, I reckon that's registering um, below what I'm having for dinner tonight. Um, that was obviously about the changes at Rangers. So yeah. Barry was like, hey, listen, what is he going to say? You know, Michael Beale doesn't want advice from Ange Postacoglu publicly. So what do you feel about it? Yeah, listen, you're quite right. I take it as, it's been a little bit of a cut and again, a bit of honesty. Does yeah. it concern him? No, he's, he's nine points ahead. His football club is in a really good place. He appears happy enough with his lot at the moment. Rangers have decided to change manager. Does that concern them? No, it'll concern them in the build-up to January the 2nd when they're about to face each other. They'll they'll look at uh, Michael Beals Rangers um, in depth to get himself prepared for the game. But until then, the league's in Celtic's hands. It is in their control. And that's that's the only way that that you want it, Paul. That's the ideal position for any manager to be in. So Michael Beale, yes, he'll be keeping an eye on things, how he changes it. And no doubt he will need to make um, certain changes but will, will Ange Postecoglou be sitting at any point worrying or wondering what's going on there or what Michael Beale might do? No. But in the build-up of January the 2nd, yeah. they will. Mark, it's going to penalties. We'll bring them to you after this. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. As Morocco, they're two up at the moment. In fact, they've missed the third. So Morocco, two. Spain, nil so far. And the penalties? Yeah, Morocco uh, going first, Paul. So they've scored two out of three. Spain, zero out of two at the moment. So Spain really need to get this one. They've missed the first two. But uh, certainly Morocco in the driving seat and that would be a real shot. Nil-nil after 120 minutes. Morocco leading 2-1 on penalties just now, a one, one advantage. Spain hit the post and the second was saved. Morocco, the first two were clean. The third one, not so. So it's Spain looking for their first goal on the penalties to keep them in. It's 2-0 to Morocco at the moment. This is Spain's third penalty, yeah. the 2010 champions. Mark? Busquets, the captain, going to take it. So, so much, much experience, you would expect him to, to pop that away there. You are go we, Alan McCoy, Snarl, Clive Tilsley. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he knows. Big, big pressure on him. 
and uh, a chance for Busquets. He's missed um, it as well. Mark, an absolutely terrible penalty. He Shocking. strolls up and it's like a pass back. There's no other way is it, to describe it. Shocker. That's a pass back. Yeah, it's a shocker. Saved by the keeper. Yeah. So it's 3-0. So Morocco just need one and they've won. That's it, 3-0. Morocco need one out their last yep. two kicks and they're through. Wow. I mean, good save by the keeper when I look back at it, but not much more than a, a pass back from Busquets as well. Yeah, not a lot of power in it, Paul. He's just going yep. to place it, but just not enough power in it. And what I would say now about goalkeepers, when they save it, Paul, it's a really good save because they've got to be so conscious of not attacking the ball. Sometimes you used to see goalies saving it and they were three yards off the line. They're not allowed to do that anymore because they'll get picked on it. So, you know, the goalkeeping position at penalties has really changed. It's become much more difficult for them. So credit to the Morocco goalie. Spain are about to say adios to World Cup 2022 if this penalty is scored you, you, you can see the Morocco bench yeah. you're saying are we through if they score of course yeah. they're worse and than me if score here they're through Mark Weedy said it first here in the Go Radio Football Show Mark here we go he strides forward the number two shoots oh, oh and he, he scored Morocco yep. are through Spain out they're through I mean he did come forward just dinked it keeper went the wrong three, way 3-0 in penalties not one wow. penalty scored for Spain out of three Morocco won 3-0 in penalty kicks Spain out Morocco through wow it's been uh, you know, Germany out already days ago mm. and big nations Paul yeah, a lot Spain of big nations well. falling I don't think Spain going by what we watched Paul I know we didn't see every second of the 120 minutes but we were in and out of it and I don't, I don't think Spain really deserved to win I don't think they reached the level that you would need to in this knockout stage of the of the World Cup so that puts um, that puts Spain through yep. and tonight Switzerland against Portugal so I see some Portuguese, I know it was a survey, Mark, that was done. 70% of the Portuguese people in a TV station or radio station said they didn't want Ronaldo to play tonight. They think it's too much about him and not about the team. Hey, no. <laughs> well, I don't know who, who they asked, but if, if you've got a talent, Ronaldo, and I accept his best days are behind him. Now, there's no doubt about that, but he's still got plenty to offer he still strikes fear into the opposition as well Paul sometimes they'll, yeah. they'll go and double or treble up on him which creates space um, for his teammates so but maybe, maybe his legs maybe he's a wee bit leggy maybe he might be on the bench tonight but I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start the game he's, 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 he's still you know the main man yeah and he scored in five separate World Cups Mark this is phenomenal I mean yeah. he, he is okay I know he had a lot of headlines um, last month with the, with the Piers Morgan interview I didn't agree with that the timing of it or some of the content. I, th I thought it was wrong of him to to basically ruin his uh, relationship yeah. with Manchester United. Mm -hmm. However, um, it is what it is. He's got a couple of deals lined up. Look like he could be heading for Saudi Arabia to play there and be an ambassador for the game of football um, over there. But uh, I think he'll play tonight. And Portugal, Switzerland are very, very tidy, very yeah. well organised. Um, you can't rule them out. But I would fancy Portugal to edge that one after extra time. Okay. Mark, what was your biggest ever headline? Your best story? Maybe not, not your headline. Maybe a difficult best, question. What was your best, best story, story? You would uh, say. My best one would. It was probably, I think, the one that I broke the story about the, the Doogie Doogie gate, the penalty kicked in the United v Celtic. Of course, the referee. They, they, they yeah. lied to, to Neil Lennon and, and to Celtic, which ultimately caused them. Um, Ripples and ructions um, throughout the SFA. Doogie mm. McDonald resigned, etc., etc. So yeah, I got the story um, um, on that. So yeah, that was a, a huge story and, and, and took a lot, of, a lot of digging and a lot of people to to, to trust me, etc., etc. So yeah, that was that was uh, that was a good story. Great one, wasn't it? I think mine was Kenny Dalglish going to Liverpool. 
Aye. Can you believe it? I got a call. Kenny Douglas is going to Liverpool. I mean, it was in the black and white days. Didn't seem like it. It was a long, long time ago. And Cullick got a call. Definite. Kenny oh. Douglas. And also, soon as going to Liverpool as well. Aye, leaving Rangers. Rangers to go to Liverpool. Now, there were a couple of people on it, so I'm uh-huh. sure some of your distinguished colleagues will be on as well. But we got a very early shout on that one. And these are magic moments when you hear, oh. not to lose these talents from Scotland. You know, yeah. Kenny yeah. Douglas going from Celtic, uh, the, well, probably the best Scottish player ever. Maybe yeah. Kenny Dalglish. Yeah, well, it'd be hard yeah. to argue with that, wouldn't it? It'd be hard I've just to, remembered you're his columnist on a Sunday. What's with you in the Sunday Post? And you know Graham Souness, who's having a good World Cup, isn't he? Yeah. How, how does he manage to look so fit and well, <laughs> age sixteen? He's seventy in the spring. Discuss. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, they have a lot to be yeah. surging. <laughs> well, I saw him at the Kilt Walk. We've just launched the Kilt Walk 2023 today, thanks to the team there and Sir Tom. So it's going to be brilliant. April the thirtieth for Glasgow and I'm hoping a team from us here at Go Radio will be there well, I'll be there anyway yeah. but uh, let's get some of the guys great causes, great, it? it's always yeah. topped up you know uh, you know, sure. you know, like some John Hartson's foundation and um, and Chris Boyd's it's, charity it's, all, all benefit from people you know out doing the it, walk and they all want to help it's and been brilliant stuff like that sure. it's, it's been it's been great what the Sir Tom has managed to do over the past Amazing. few years and all the, the great people in Scotland 120,000 people in seven years have raised £37 million pounds between the, ta- the, between the Walkers and the Hunter wow. Foundation. £37 million. That's incredible. It's wonderful. I declare That's an interest, incredible. I'm involved in it, it's playing a small part, but it's just the best thing, isn't it? Over oh, 3,000 charities. That is breaking news today. And it was £8 million in 2022. There you are. It's brilliant. It's a million. hell of a lot of money. You can see them working on charities this year. Well, exactly. More than sure. ever. Yeah. So, and, uh, listen, the, 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 genero- the, the, the generosity yeah. of Scottish people um, I'm just throwing that never at goes yeah. unnoticed and it always always amazes you and the entry price is slashed so that's good news for you and the guys from £31.69 <laughs> call it 32 it's down to £20 Aye. so Tom's done a great I video today that's gone out he said, yeah, it's like my, like, he said it's like my market stall days you know not 30 not 25 £20 to you to do the kilt walk <laughs> right 2023 go to the I just threw that one at you and loads of the guys will be there we'll try and get Barry and John Aye. and Peter and uh, Oz to do it Andy yep, Walker and stuff great. as well yeah that'll be great 30th of April no doubt there'll be a massive football game that day but Spain they say farewell to the World Cup there. Uh, Dyson Maeda, this time yesterday, had just gone out. Nice picture today in the papers, yeah. though. And we saw it on the telly last night mm. where his teammate, Juranovic, yeah. uh, you know, we cheap on, yeah, the, it was on nice. the forehead. And Maeda scoring in a World Cup in the yeah. finals. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was a good finish. He anticipated it well, just as all good centre-forwards do, just hovering around that, um, that uh, area. And, and he put his chance away uh, well to put Japan in the lead. Um, and then uh, of course the Croatia um, equalised but uh, yeah it was always consistent Maeda um, given a real solid 60-65 minutes then um, taken off but yeah a nice personal one for him scoring a goal although I'm sure he'd rather swap it for, for uh, Japan being in the last eight but I think they made a really good contribution to the World Cup Japan and credit to them Back home there's speculation today that Ryan Kent could be on his way to England and it could be to Everton course he's been yeah. at Liverpool as a youngster so uh, you know it, th- there are odds in different clubs but they're saying that Everton showing a real interest in Ryan Kent you could see that couldn't you? Aye yeah. but I, for me um, you know again going with the comments from Douglas Park uh, today and, and, and bearing in mind that the, the the form of Ryan Kent and Morelos um, I think the time's right to sell the two of them next month you'll just get as much as you can how much that's going to be a million for each player half a million for each player two million for each player who knows 
um, but just get as much as you can and give it to the manager to, to go and uh, replenish the squad and, and, and try and uh, improve it Rangers also at the AGM today we spoke earlier on with Stephen about the increased capacity for disabled fans but they're also going to increase the overall stadium capacity mark so there'll be news coming out on that but they spoke about that today so they're going to make uh, Ibrooks bigger at the moment it's what 50, 51,000 yeah yeah. so it depends what way they're, they're going to um, you know shake it up and put uh, some more seats in but yeah you know that's something yeah that's so that you know every, every bit help, helps as well Paul going towards you know Celtic have got 60,000 Rangers have got I've got 50 roughly so that's Celtic getting an extra income of, of, of 10,000 seats Um you know, per season. So, you know, if Rangers can eat into that as well, every penny counts, you know, when you're trying to uh, catch up with your uh, with your greatest rivals, then if you can try and eat into that and help bring in more income uh, of your own, then that's got to be welcomed. And back to Celtic, they've been, well, a boost that hasn't happened yet, but another uh, star that could be coming, the South Korean star that we saw playing in recent days, Cho Gwe Sung. And his father, I see it in the sun, saying, you should go to Celtic because of the style of play of Ange Postacoglu yeah um, and that's it <clears throat> excuse me that's the centre forward um, link again that makes you wonder is there something going on uh, with Jack and Marcus so we'll wait and see you know Sung looks a, a quality player you know South Korea a, a lot of talent coming in from there into to European football so yeah it's one to, to keep an eye on and uh, going by some of the footage that I've seen and, and some of the comments then it looks as though he would be a good fit for Celtic. And, and one thing, Paul, he, he hasn't and he won't get every signing right. No. But Ange Postecoglou's record in the transfer market, particularly when it's players that, that he knows that he's getting tipped off about, then he's, his record is, is pretty exceptional. And Rangers' Ross Wilson came under a bit of pressure today. You know, he was yeah. asked questions about the transfer... Uh, policy and the signings but he had some he answered the questions but you can tell when the chairman announced the new manager last week Michael Beale he mentioned he referenced obviously the new manager but he also mentioned Ross Wilson it, it sounds as though it's over to them now to get the club back on track yeah I mean I think uh, the last three windows I'm not saying they've been poor but they've not been good enough um, you know you, you go back to Stephen Gerrard's last window um, not good enough the, the, the January window you know when you assess it now Diallo and, and Ramsey was a bit of a disaster mm. um, to be honest and then this window yeah they, they brought in six or seven uh, new players and on paper there's uh, you know, a lot of thought aye you know mm. yep looking the part but they've, they've not lived up to it they've been unlucky that they've missed out on Tom Lawrence in terms of injury Ben Davis is never quite into a rhythm as is John Suter so you know that's very very um, unfortunate but the, the next two windows moving forward um, Paul they, they need to be creative like I say you need to tap into your contacts you need to build relationships you need to maintain the current relationships that you've got so that you're getting tipped off so that you can get in, in with a shout with these kind of players again you know what you draw comparisons across the city all the time but Postacoglu's clearly got those relationships in certain parts of the world and it's paying off for them so Rangers need to, to to find a way they did say today why were there no Dutch players under GVB mm. and he revealed um, something that I think we mentioned before one Dutch player they'd agreed terms with him but at the last minute he decided not to sign because that was strange wasn't it GVB yeah. went to a World Cup final yeah I mean as I said um, at the time on the show many times uh, that I do know that Giovanni van Bronckhorst had you know put forward a, a couple of options um, with Dutch players so you know it wasn't that 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 market was untapped or Giovanni wasn't using his contacts here for whatever reason um, certain ones didn't go over the line um, but Paul that's gone now yep. it's about what they do 
um, between now and, and the end of, of January and it's clear for everyone to see that they need to improve the squad and they need to do better in the transfer market than they've done in the past three windows. How much are you looking forward in the last 30 seconds to next week when on the Thursday night Rangers against Hibs and then mm. Saturday everyone else is back including Aberdeen Celtic. Yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to it, Paul. You know, enjoyed the wee break. It's been nice. Felt a bit weird you know, this time of year. Can I get tuned in? It's been in January. Yeah. World Cup's been on but um, you know, for our own domestic game to be, to be back a week on Thursday live on TV Rangers v Hibs new manager Lee Johnson need to get some results at Hibs pretty quickly as well. It's got the makings of an absolute cracker and can't wait for it to get back. Leaving it on a cliffhanger, did Laurie of Denison turn up at Martin O'Neill's book launch <laughs> in Watterson's last week and did Martin making him a cup of tea, which he promised? We'll maybe find out. Laurie will let us know. This time tomorrow night, Andy Walker will join me here in the studio. Mark, thanks so much. We'll see you next thanks, week. Jokal Day is coming up next after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Buy your next car completely online at macklinmotors.com. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistleberry Road, Hamilton.